Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I Joe. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello, welcome to Broken Records, a search for the worst album ever made in musical history. Uh, this is episode number 16. My name is Stephen Hill. I'm joined by Renfrey Deadman, as ever. And this week, Renfrey, we're going to be talking about one of the most infamous albums ever made in the history of bad records. Lou Reed and Metallica, Lulu. Remember mm. doing this one? Absolutely, laugh, I remember doing this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very interesting in terms of like modern records this is an album that time and time again is completely and utterly rubbished by lots and lots of people mm. mainly metallica fans i think it's fair to say um although mm, minor spoiler we're two massive metallica fans who don't necessarily rubbish it yeah yeah i think uh i mean i if anyone knows who i am You've probably heard me talk about Lulu before. Hmm. Uh, and so you might know what you're in for a little bit before we get going. But basically, I should say, before we throw over to a chat, the reason why we're throwing over to a chat and not just chatting about it is uh, this is part of the Riot Act podcast network, which is, a, you prefer that, don't you? You like network more than stable. Which is <laughs> I do like isn't? network, yeah. Good, yeah, good. yeah. Uh, so, Sounds more futuristic. Yeah, Thank you. Well, I think it probably is. Um, so on the Right Act Network, um, Right Act is a weekly review podcast that Renfrey, do, Renfrey and I do every Friday. And we actually recorded this particular segment. We used to do Broken Records as just a part of, segment of, the, sh- part of the show, just a little segment in the show. Um, on the 26th of June, 2020, episode 99 of Right Act, we did this chat. Now, these records that we pick every week for Broken Records, they're due to a different variety of reasons why they could get on here as a quote-unquote terrible record um i don't think we need to talk about why lou reed and metallica are here even though we might not necessarily feel as strongly about it as some people feel about it uh there's no doubt about it that critically and fan reaction wise that's the reason why this record got put in here but um there are many different reasons it's not just the fact that me and renfrey hate the band or hate the record or whatever so um without further ado what I think is the case for the defence in a little way, Renfrey, mm, yeah. for one of the most maligned and disliked albums of the last decade, Lou Reed and Metallica's Lulu. So let's move on to Broken Records. <laughs> Our weekly look at one of the most maligned albums in the world of music and uh, see if we can find the shittest of the shit. Uh, so far, we've got quite a few albums beginning to pick up. So I'll do the old countdown as per. Um, Bob Dylan he of earlier his self-portrait album is the the best bad album that we've got so far lou reed metal machine music we're about to talk about lou reed he is um just behind him liz fair's self-titled album lauren hill's mtv 2.0 unplugged bush's black and white rainbows the enemies streets in the sky is followed by dirty vegas is one then viva brothers famous first first world words um louis the 14th fucking now louis the 14th slick dogs and ponies Queen and Paul Rogers, The Cosmos Rocks. Richard Ashcroft's United Nations of Sound is actually, at this point, at number five, which is fucking, fucking unbelievable. <laughs> uh, 
E. Ogan Quick is uh, down at number four with his self-titled debut album. Number three is Six Feet Under's Graveyard Classics Volume 2. Number two wasn't number one for very long. Towers of London's Blood, Sweat and Towers. And number one, just crowned last week, the self-titled debut record from Tommy Lee and his Methods of Mayhem. But to be added to that list... Uh, is an infamous one-off collaboration album between former Velvet Underground auteur Lou Reed and Metallica, the biggest metal band of all time. Released on the 31st of October 2011. Um, little bit of backstory here. At the, 29, uh, sorry, the 2009 celebration of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Lou Reed and Metallica got together and played a cover of Sweet Jane by the Velvet Underground. Did you ever watch that, Renfrey? No. <laughs> Sorry, that took me, me a while. <laughs> me neither. You know no. what? I've never seen them do the thing with Lang Lang. And I've no, never I'm seen not. them no, no, no. never seen them do I've seen a bit of them doing the Moffins of Flame with Lady Gaga. I have but, I have one of the boot like they did um four shows for their thirty year celebrations, uh hmm. where they didn't repeat a single song over all four shows apart from Seek and Destroy, which they played every night. And they brought Lou Reed along for one of them and did a couple of songs from Lulu. And they also covered White Heat, White Light as well. Yeah. Yeah, they did, yeah. yeah. So. But they made made Metallica, I mean, kind of post-Lou Reed, really, have gone and uh, collaborated with a whole bunch of people. Obviously, they did the San Francisco Symphony Orchestra before that. Um, uh, but yes, it all started in 2009 at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame celebration. The 25th, I think it was the 25th anniversary um, of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, they got on very well, by all accounts. They must have done, because they immediately began to start talking about potentially doing a project together. Uh, come February 2011, Kirk Hammett let slip that the band were doing a new album that was not 100% a Metallica record. Uh, the result of this collaboration was originally due to be Metallica working on some old demos of Lou Reed songs beefing them up for today or 2011, which still sort of feels like today to me, to be perfect, uh, perfectly honest. Um, which sort of sounds... Fucking weird. This album's nine years old though, isn't it? Oh, just, madness. just as a criticide. So weird. Fucking hell. Yeah. Go on. I mean, that is, that is, that is never mind to hybrid theory. Think of all the stuff that oh, happened in between there. fuck off. You this have, is Lou... You didn't have to say Lou, that. Lou, Lou to the new Bob Dylan album. I mean, what has happened in between? Nothing. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> nothing at all uh, nothing um so anyway uh the result was going to be like i say a bunch of lou reed's old demos being beefed up for the modern day by metallica which i think sounds quite good we didn't actually get that though no. we got lulu um based on german expression expressionist playwright frank wedekind's 1904 plays earth spirit and pandora's box which are set in berlin paris in london in the 1890s they tell the story of a socialite turned prostitute who ends up at the very end meeting jack the ripper which i guess you can sort of get from the album if you're really listening yeah not many people did but if no. you were really listening mm. so uh, lou reed had already made some demos of the Lulu project and needed Metallica to, as he says, bring the piece to the next level. Metallica did a lot of the arrangements in various jam sessions with Lou Reed. Um, something that you'll know that they're really good at if you've seen some kind of monster. And <laughs> the album was in fact recorded live with Lou Reed telling everyone um, how the band all spent the entire session stood in a circle, staring at each other whilst recording, which 
sounds pretty daunting a thing to do um with lou, reed, there was, with lou reed in the middle of them yeah okay. yeah um not that it was an easy process either lars ulrich told spin that um i had to point something out about how things were functioning in the outside world and he got hot and bothered he challenged me to a street fight which is a pretty daunting proposition because he's an expert in martial arts and is never too far away from the sword um so apparently it was quite is that, a, is that the band or is it a sword a sword, sorry, A sword. Yeah, it's just the um, sword. The sword supported Metallica, so there could have been a bit of confusion. There. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, so <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Uh, <laughs> so um, after a kind of tumultuous recording session, the band, the band and Lou released a video for the song, directed by Darren Aronofsky. Mm, the one, of, one of my favourite film directors, Darren Aronofsky. Yeah. Requiem for a Dream, Pie, uh, Black Swan, mm. The Fountain. Uh, anymore for anymore. Mother? Didn't, didn't he, he do, do Mother? He did do Mother. Mother. Didn't he do didn't he do um No he didn't, don't worry about it. Uh oh yes, he did. He did um Russell Crowe doing Noah. Yeah. Noah. Yeah. Which that was is fucking boring. Not great. Yeah. No. Um the band released The View, um, its YouTube page has over twice as many dislikes as it does likes, uh, and left a trail of online comments of Aya and disgust at the video and turn James Hetfield's proclamation of the fact that he is a table into one of the decade's first memes. Uh, even before the record was released, there was talk of it being the worst album ever made. But what was the reaction to Lulu? Um, well, mixed, I think is fair to say. Sputnik yeah. Music gave it a 1.5 out of 5 rating. Um, Lulu seemed ready-made to dispense the notion of repeated listens as the sense of disappointment it creates almost immediately eliminates any idea that it's a grower. Maybe history will judge it less harshly, but as of this moment, the project is a total failure. Hmm. Uh, Pitchfork gave it one out of ten. Unfortunately, these small surprises can't save Lulu from the much larger issue that lies directly at its core. For most of the record, Lou Reed and Metallica barely sound like they're on the same planet, let alone in the same room. The album works neither as a powerful rock music nor as an impressionistic soundtrack to a spoken narrative. Uh, the Quietus absolutely savaged it, um, saying, were it not for the ongoing po-faced nature of the protagonists, the logical conclusion to draw would be that this is some kind of comedy record. But as this turgid collection continues to trawl its sorry ass with all the vigour of an elephant swimming in a tar pit, the realisation dawns that these idiots are pretty damn serious about this shit. Lou Reed is probably having a right good laugh about it all, while Metallica now have a very deep hole to crawl out of. Referring to this hideous mess, Lewis has been quoted as saying, this is the best thing I ever did. Don't believe him. Not only is Lulu the worst thing any of the players have ever been involved in, it's quite possibly a candidate for one of the worst albums ever made. Um, Blabbermouth said it was poorly conceived and may not... He's, oh, well, they said uh, poorly conceived may not do justice to how horrendously this has turned out. And we say this is one of the few vigorous who vigorously enjoyed and defended St. Anger, which we still stand by. The impetus behind that album was at least there to understand. The invent, the incentive for this one is missing in action. As we said at the beginning, this might have sounded good on paper, but someone should have crumpled up that paper and thrown it away. Um, Dom Lawson on Dom's Iron Sandwich for Metal Hammer um, slated it, saying that the guitar sounded like a wasp in a bin. But he also said, look at what Metallica's peers are doing. Anthrax have just put out a fantastic album, Worship Music. Hmm. Mm. So not been that kind to that review. Um, it's not all been bad, though. Rolling Stone gave it six out of ten. 
and said, things can get ponderous once Metallica start impatiently stomping, but often they turn Reed's pretensions into something muscular. The NME gave it 7 out of 10, saying, you're unlikely to play this record at your next soiree, but the breadth and ambition is to be applauded. Metallica performed way beyond what many was thought they were capable of. They improvised freely as Reed's musical bitch, while for him, this makes his most auteur offering since Metal Machine Music. Pretentious, we, self-important, natch, any cop, pretty damn fine actually um uncut gave it eight out of ten and said while nothing else here is quite as astonishing as junior dad uh, as a perfect ending to a most extraordinary passionate and just plain brilliant record either participants made for a long while i think i fucked up that line but i might have written it wrong you get the gist of it Mm -hmm. they thought junior dad was a good ending Mm -hmm. uh the bbc gave it eight out of ten ian winwood of kerrang and metal hammer fame said much advice much advanced word of Lou Reed and Metallica's excursion has been one of bewilderment and dismissal. It may well be, though, that the fullness of this album in time is given the praise it deserves. Um, it ended up at number nine on the Wires end of year list. And um, a first shout out, uh, since we don't have Robert Criscu, um, a first shout out for Anthony Fantano of the Needle Drop channel. Um, he gave it a light to decent six and said, I think Lou Reed and Metallica have actually something here worth bragging about because what they've done is actually pretty unique. Yeah, this album is odd. It's funny. It's kind of strange. It's long winded. It's taxing. But I don't see how that all adds up to a really terrible album. This is okay. Uh, David Bowie apparently told James Murphy of LCD Sound System that this was the best thing Lou had ever done, calling it his best work and saying people are making a snap snap judgment and they aren't listening. And a certain Stephen Hill gave it a pretty decent review Uh on the Metal Hammer podcast at the Uh time, if I remember rightly. Um, Still, He's a a prick. (laughs) Still, metal fans hated it. They savaged it. It was not Master of Puppets. They just kept kept on going about the table thing. Which is an indication that most of them didn't really listen to the whole thing, isn't it? I thought it was quite interesting to read that um, Iced Honey was um, originally considered to be, was was, uh, in consideration to be the main single. And listening to Ice Honey, I thought, well, if this had have been released as the first single, I don't think those Eye on the Table memes would have become a thing. And I also think people mm-hmm. would have listened to it and would have gone, meh, and then moved on. But I don't think it would have been ridiculed in the mm. same way. In many ways, the view is the most concise, condensed, most palatable, if you will song on this record so in that sense it was a wise move to release the view as a single but unfortunately it's also probably one of the easiest to mock on the record Mm. yeah there are a few things that are difficult about this record definitely undoubtedly Um, undoubtedly undoubtedly. um lou reed uh writes some incredibly uh well shot there's some quite shocking lyrical content yeah, yeah shocking and i mean that in the terms of like i am shocked by them mm-hmm. uh and they're shocking as well mm. um but then it all it, it's hard to discuss it away from the context from which it was taken and none of us have seen those plays and i stand by my original point from nine years ago which i said on the metal hammer podcast at the time and in fact i've actually found um the defense of Lulu uh, that I wrote about a year and a half ago for Metal Hammer. 
Some of you want Metallica to sound like Master of Puppets again, but as obvious as it sounds, Master of Puppets already exists. You can literally go and put it on right now if you want. Um, I think I'll do that. See you, Steve. Yeah, yeah. Would it shock people in the same way as Lulu does? That is doubtful. Um, that's that's but, definitely doubtful. It wouldn't. No, yeah. What would shock people is a double album of avant-garde, part-spoken word, post-metal, conceptually based on the writings of an expressionist German playwright of the early 1900s. That's what Lulu is. The reason so many people feel so negatively towards it is because they want it to be something else, which is ridiculous. It's like biting into an apple and being angry that it doesn't taste like a banana. Those are my words from about 18 months ago. Um, And they'll be on your tombstone, won't they, Steve? (laughs) Well, and quite (laughs) happily so. Now... Renfrey, I listened to this yesterday, mm-hmm. Lulu. Mm-hmm. Um, I occasionally listen to it now mm-hmm. and again. I probably haven't listened to it for about three years, mm-hmm. to be fair. But I've always been intrigued by it. Now, same. I, de- I definitely stand by everything that I've said about it in the past. Certainly, I've never gone, this is great. Do you know what I mean? I've certainly never gone, what a brilliant record. No. I've always gone, I don't fully understand it. And I can't fully understand it because I don't fully have the context for it. I also didn't really think that. I mean, if you've heard Lou Reed before, you you know what Lou Reed sounds like. This feels, and you know what Lou Reed does. This is not new territory, really, for Lou Reed, is it? Well, it felt like it was far less of a surprise for Lou Reed fans than it was for Metallica mm. fans. I think that's fair to say. Um, I think in the main, I mean, obviously, this is an insanely broad generalisation, but I do think in the main, most Metallica fans haven't heard Velvet Underground. And, you know, that might sound pompous of me to say, but I think the release of this record proved it. Look, um, mate, I think that I think you're you're that's not pomp- a pompous thing to say, because Metallica plays stadiums. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no that that would be that would be like saying. You wouldn't sound like a snob if you said, I bet most, what, who are a pop act? Most Taylor Swift fans haven't heard Sparks. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That's a it similar... Is the, comp- it's the equivalent comparison. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So, yes, I'm sure Metallica fans are not aware of Lou Reed or why people hold him in such esteem. For me, I'm not really, I think we said it when we did Metal Machine Music, I never really got into the Velvet Underground. I Neither see the influence I. they have yeah. on other bands, but I don't actually, you know, I'm I'm not doing, I'm not pulling a what we said we shouldn't do about Bob Dylan and saying the Velvet Underground is shit, because I don't think they are. I can understand where that influence has come from. Me personally, I've never really been able to get into it and enjoy it as much as I feel like I probably should. Same. Um, Lou Reed has got a few decent songs and decent records mm-hmm. um Track again three not on a mass- machine music yeah yeah that's good that one isn't it um <laughs> better than the uh, others the, the ballad um yeah <laughs> 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 um but you know i mean i i did at the time i said you know it's too long some of the songs are quite messy they do sound like jams they kind of sound like demos of ideas rather than finished articles of a lot of songs. Yeah. But you can um, occasionally get some semblance of story if you go and look it up. Not to the extent of something like Dosha Dreams, which I think is very clear what sort of world you're inhabiting. Don't think you quite get that. Um, but I have made a point of kind of going to the play synopsis and I did back in the day. And I think they at least give indicators enough 
to make you feel like, well, there's some sort of narrative structure going on here. Yeah, definitely. Um, I also think that some of it is, you know, funnily enough, listening to it yesterday, I probably enjoyed it more than I've ever enjoyed it. Listening to it today, I've enjoyed it more than I've ever enjoyed it. Um, I was going to say, uh, nine years on, I think this album's aged remarkably well. Yeah. It's aged remarkably well. Um, I agree with everything you said. This isn't a masterpiece in any way, shape or form. There's a lot of issues with it. It's way too long. It's 87 minutes and four seconds. (sighs) Oh, it's exhausting. It's really exhausting. But you know what? When it's good, it's really fucking good. Um, And it's, it's... it's so much it's so much more diverse diverse than i remember it being yeah i to, what i remembered it being was basically being the view for 87 minutes and that's not what this record is at all not at all i mean you get that sort of acoustic guitar pick at the start right, of the Brandenburg beginning Ake, yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah and there's a little bit of you know and it is like shocking like oh, i would cut my dick off and all that mm, sort of stuff yeah. that he's mm, talking mm, about mm, mm, um lovely stuff uh, yeah, it's not nice to listen to particularly. <laughs> no, it's weird. No, no. Um, you wouldn't but, want to put this on at a party. But even that, like, no, no, you wouldn't. But like, I, <laughs> I, I honestly like when the like when I put it on, I was like, okay, <sighs> here we go, here we yeah, go, again, same, sort same, of thing. Same. And the, the, I really loved the view and the Brandenburg Gate back to back. I thought was yeah. was wicked. Yeah. And you know, there's the the other thing which I think is a massive, massive misconception about the record is that. Metallica just, you know, Metallica fans slagged off Lou Reed. And the odd bit that you did about hearing a Metallica is like, oh, Lou Reed's doing his brilliant poetry. And then Metallica kind of stomp all over it clumsily, like the stupid, thick metal idiots that they are. Well, actually, I mean, for example, Cheat On Me, it's about three minutes of violin and Rob Trillio's bass, but it's really kind of beautiful picked bass parts that... I mean, you know how much Rob listens to kind of jazz and Django Reinhardt and stuff like that. And, and you can hear that. And they've got kind of the orchestra tuning up in the background and you get a bit of crackle of Hetfield's guitar. And it really it sort of warmly, it just sort of warms up before it gets into the song. And I was like, this is not Metallica suddenly coming in and going, Aah! like all over everything. There's plenty of times where Metallica show restraint and subtlety. Mm. I mean, junior, like junior, junior dad, we mentioned, and I mean, I'm going to let you talk about junior dad because mm. I understand it's your favorite song on the record. Fuck yeah. The long, the it. longest one. Yeah. It's good, Nin- isn't it? 19 minutes and 30 seconds long. Um, I mean, and the last six minutes of that is just it's drone, it's drone yeah. music. It's drone music. It's um, very reminiscent of a band who I talk about quite a lot, who are a band who I think whenever I bring them up, you're like, oh, that sounds like a lot of hard work. But actually, they're very reminiscent of Stars of the Lid, who basically do this very kind of chilled out electronic drone stuff, which is almost like a an electronic ocean, electronic waves going in and out. It actually becomes, after a while, it becomes very hypnotic and very, very soothing. And Junior Dad is a really good version of that, you know? Um, I think it's a great song, Junior Dad. I mean, does it need to be 19 and a half minutes? Probably not. But... I still think it's fantastic and one of the bravest things Metallica have ever done. Mm. This Full is stop. brave. It's this is brave. brave on Metallica's part. Yeah. And again, you know, the kind of the, the, my thing that's in the defense of Lulu is that you can't bemoan a band 
for refusing to leave their comfort zone and then stamp your feet when they don't do what you're used to. Quite. It's very easy to laugh and sneer at something you don't understand, isn't it? You know? Um, and I think mm. it's... Uh, I think it's a testament to Metallica. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, it's, it's really, really cool that when Metallica come in on this record, in on Brandenburg Gate, after the acoustic guitar, even before Hetfield starts singing, Small Town Girl! You know, even <laughs> before he does that, you can tell it's Metallica. You've got that mm. guitar tone. You've got Lars's snare runs, which let's face it, Lars's snare runs are the, are the bit where you go, ah, oh, that's Metallica, isn't it? You know, mm. as mm-hmm. much as people diss him, as much as people are like, oh, he's a shit drummer, yada, yada. Well, yeah, compared to fucking Lombardo or, um, uh, I was going to say Brent Hines, who's the Mastodon drummer. Not Brent Hines. <laughs> oh, um, I was going to say Duplantier. Is it Joe yeah. Duplantier? Yeah? <laughs> I mean, let's say Mario Duplantier. Uh, yeah, Mario Duplantier, Brandela. You know, compared to those guys, okay, great. He's not a great drummer, but he does have that Dave Grohl thing of when you hear him you go that's Lars Ulrich that is um you know whether you like that sound or not it's the sign of a great band when you can recognize who they are instrumentally and you really can on Brandenburg Gate I think um Mistress Dread um has a thrash metal riff uh, yeah. I remember reading uh David Frick and he said that uh from Rolling Stone very famous critic from Rolling Stone and he said that um this album sounds like a combination of Oh, he said a Lou Reed album, which I can't recall, but he also said, and Master of Puppets. I was reading it. I was like, I'm not sure if that's true. And then Mistress Dread comes in with a riff, which could have been lifted straight off of Disposable Heroes. And it's like, he said, oh, go on. Oh, I was going to say, yeah. Um, he said, it's a raging union of uh, 1973 noir classic Berlin and Metallica's 1986 Crusher Master of Puppets. There we go. And for the first three tracks, I was like, I'm not sure if I'm quite there with you, Mr. Frick. Uh, then, then, Mr. then Mr. Dread came in and I was like, yeah, okay, that riff is basically recycled from Disposable Heroes, isn't it? You know, it's thrash. It's thrash with, you know, Lou Reed sort of drunkenly speaking over the top. But it, 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 I don't think Metallica have ever sounded so dissonant and strange, you know, as, uh, even, even though they're fundamentally doing something they've been doing since at least 1986. Um, yeah. And that's, where, that's why this album's really, really interesting. I think that song's like Radiohead's National Anthem mixed with Disposable Teens mixed with a, I don't know, a drunk homeless man singing tunelessly over the top. But it is really interesting, to say the least. You know, it's mm. really, really interesting. I don't think it's the best song on the album or anything like that, but it is no. really, really interesting. Um, I, would, I would say the first half of the record, I, I, I actually think is, I wouldn't change very much about it, to be honest. No, I think you're right, actually. The first half is the first six songs. It's about 40 yeah. minutes. Um, no, I wouldn't change. Ugh. I mean, I think everything could do with a trim on this record, to be totally uh, honest. Everything yeah. could do with, yeah, with yeah, being yeah, trimmed yeah. down, you know. Yeah. Ten, ten I mean, songs in 80-odd minutes, however long it is. It's a, it's a hell of a slog. It is a slog. It's a slog. I mean, I think um, when I say I wouldn't change anything, yes, I probably would cut things down. But I def- definitely think that those songs... Are, are decent songs i do think frustration little dog and dragon on the second side before we get to junior dad i actually don't mind i actually like little dog more than i liked it before previously yeah um yeah. i uh, i had a newfound appreciation for dragon this time around really personally yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, you know, yes, you're right. It's definitely too long. And I think probably the fact that, I mean, before we started, we had a quick phone conversation to go like, you know, what time should we record? Mm. And I don't know, you, I don't know you listened to it yet, but you were like, it's just a shit version of Swans, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I did say that. And actually, um, you, you brought me up, you sort of took me up on that and said, you know, I'm not even sure if it's a shit version of Swans. I, I, I don't think it's as good as Swans. But I think to say it's a shit version of Swans is probably a little mm. bit OTT. Uh, yeah, having re-listened to it, yeah, I absolutely agree with you, actually. Um, um, I think if Michael Gyra, Gyra, however you pronounce it, um, released this, I don't think people would be like, oh my God, this is one of the best Swans albums. But I don't think no. people would be mega disappointed either, to be totally honest. I think they'd be a little bit disappointed because I bit. think the, the last sort of the Swans run they've been on has been really good, but yeah, um, yeah, like very, yeah. very good. But and I don't think this comes close to being as good as I'd, anything Swans have put let out. Me, but, let, so me refra- they, let me rephrase that then. I don't think it would be chastised within their catalogue. No, maybe not. I mean, I don't. I don't think you'd be looking at like this is a fucking disaster. No, exactly. Yes, exactly. Um, and I think the fact that you and I have been going out of our way to listen to more uh, music of this ilk means that when I did put it on today, I was like, here we go. Mm. And, uh, you know, because it has been a fucking slog sometimes and it felt a lot less like a slog than it ever has before. I mean, you know, I'm going to say this. It's not perfect by any stretch of imagination, but it's probably the best thing Metallica have done in this millennium. Uh, S&M 2. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I meant of original material. It's, I mean, it's, it's better than, it's absolutely, definitely better than St. Anger. No doubt about it. It is um, way more, at least more interesting than Death Magnetic, which is an album which I just am not even kind of vaguely intrigued by at this point. And I think there is as much filler on Hardwired to Self-Destruct as there is on this i'd agree with so, that i'd agree with and, that definitely yeah and there are some really really good things like moth into flame obviously is fucking brilliant moth into the flame. uh and you know there are some really really good songs on hardwired self-destruct but overall is it as interesting a record mm, it's between these two it's, i mean i definitely take it over the the, the the other two definitely this is clearly the most interesting thing metallica have done in the last 20 years um i don't know if i can quite go with you in terms of the best i think the highs on um hardwired death magnetic and st anger if i'm totally honest are better than the highs on this record which is which is mm. what sort of prevents me from going yeah i don't know but in terms what are of the highs on st anger um frantic frantic, frantic st anger mm. and uh the unnamed feeling and all within my hands i think all four of those songs are fucking great really they're way too long though every song on that record could do with at least a minute of yeah it. yeah but you know yeah. i mean that's just metallica in the 21st century you know i think they're pooey bums um uh, that, that all those songs to be honest uh but uh, but anyway back to lulu um i really don't i really don't have any kind of problem with it at all and in fact when it comes to placing it i'm gonna say straight away renfrey i think it's the best record that we've had on here Oh, okay. Um, I was going to suggest um, we put it next to heavy. Uh, sorry, we put it next to metal machine music, um, in between self-portrait and metal machine music. I and the reason for the reason I was going to suggest that is because 
uh, I would return to self-portrait far more than I would return to this. Even though I, I quite like Lulu. Um, I think it's a very interesting record. I'm not going to listen to it that often, really. The stuff on self-portrait that I'd listen to very, very, very happily indeed. So that's the only reason why I would say that. Have you, though? Self-portrait? Well, mm. we've been fucking busy. <laughs> <laughs> Don't I mean, get to use that excuse. Okay, well, here's what I would well, say. I, I, ha- I have returned to Lulu multiple times in the nine years that it's been out. Do, do, do you, could, would you put a guesstimate on how many times in nine years? Um, in the okay, so I listened to it a whole bunch of times when it came out. In the nine years post, then at least I reckon at least five or six times. Okay, so you're looking at maybe once every eighteen months. I suppose I can't say I have done that. Um, I haven't returned to self portrait either. Although there's a lot of shit that we're doing at the moment, and it feels a little bit difficult to justify listening to a 1970 ostensibly b-sides record from bob dylan when we have the new bob dylan album to, to review for yeah, example yeah i mean of course i i do understand that i'm just saying that you know um i like when there, record, there when, is there's conjecture and then there's actual this has i mean how many times have you gone back to lulu over the time it's come out not as many as that definitely not as many as that um when i put the because i own this on cd um and when i put the cd in i was i was thinking how many times have i actually listened to this copy of lulu and it may only be the third time that i've listened to this particular copy i i listened to i think to be honest with you i think i pirated it at the time because i was so kind of unsure as to whether it'd be i mean it was just so critically torn apart by most of the press that i was reading that i was Mm. like i i would like to try this before i buy it kind of thing um, but hey, I did end up buying it. You know, I liked it enough to part with money to purchase mm. it. Um, and that's kind of how I feel about um, Self Portrait by Bob Dylan as well. I've not got around to doing that yet because we've been locked in, under lockdown and all that kind of thing. But I have felt that the next time I see Self Portrait in a fop or whatever, and it's a fiver, I'll probably pick it up. You know, so from that point of view, I kind of feel they're sort of fairly equal. I don't know. I. I I wouldn't I wouldn't be absolutely furious if this went um ahead quote unquote of uh self portrait but but I feel like it should go next to metal machine music and then you got two Lou Reeds together having a miserable time that would be nice wouldn't it mm. Mm. <laughs> Yeah I mean I don't really mind I think self portrait's got some good stuff on it It's got some great stuff uh, on it self portrait yeah. got some great stuff on it Yeah it has actually It's got it's okay, full it's fine. full of filler You always but- always get your way don't you <laughs> that's because i make very good arguments steve yeah okay fair enough um all right there you go it's going in i'm gonna put it in there i'm happy with that yeah i mean i think yeah i mean we both quite like self-portrait yeah. and i like lulu and you don't mind it so yeah, I, I, I'd, go, on... I'd go as far to say as to say i like lulu I do. It's yeah. hugely flawed. It's hugely flawed. There's a lot wrong with it, and Lou Reed does sound like a drunk on most of it. But can't believe I've, I can't believe this is a beautiful day for me. I found the only other journalist in metal <laughs> who likes Lulu. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is one of those records. Uh, I was gonna. I'm. I am curious about this. This is one of those records where it is a mother 
fucker to score. Yeah, it's difficult. To, it to give this a, a mark out of 10. Uh, but yeah, it's a fucker. But if you had to, I'm very curious what, what you would give it if you were forced to. Probably a six. A six? Really. Six, I think is good. Wow. Well, because, I was going to say a seven. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. May, I mean, I, I, maybe a seven. I mean, I think it's because it's so fucking long and the second half of it is, and the second half is, is long. And there's some bits that sort of shake you out of it. And also, I don't feel qualified to sort of know exactly what the hell's going on throughout all of it. So mm. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, a high six, low seven, I would yeah. be probably, I would be happy with. High six, um, low seven's a good shout. But yeah, but I'm, I can't believe it. I'm very happy that you're being positive about it because like i say a, a very prominent very respected journalist gave it a, a very um a very strong review and said that it was hugely misunderstood and people were missing the point and yada 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 he had lots of very 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 interesting points i certainly didn't agree with his score but i agreed with a lot of the rhetoric he was using for sure well mick walls appeared to give it seven out of ten which is the same as we've given it effectively which is you know i mean i've got a lot of time for mick wall i think he's fucking fantastic generally mm. i think it is this review yeah yeah yeah. it's on louder um diehard fans have either may disagree but the coming together of these two music giants has proved a shattering combination hmm. the mark the arg- i mean i'm not going to read all of this but in fact i might read most of it and then i can just cut out the bits that are not interesting the arguments about this ferociously self-regarding project began the moment that news of it escaped like bad gas from the manholes of New York City. The arguments will only grow more heated now everyone can at last hear it. Great rock art is always transgressive, of course. How many Lude Reed, Lou Reed and Metallica fans will see this as simple rule-breaking, though, and how many just plain wrong is going to hover over the actual music like a cloud of flies? The basic outline is as follows... Reed has penned lyrics inspired by a late 19th century and an early 20th century play by the German expressionist Frank Wiedekind, Earth Spirit and Pandora's Box. Published in 1895 and 1904 respectively and set in Germany, Paris and London in the 1890s, the stories revolve around Lulu, a magnet for the suffocating desires, backhand love and unfettered abuse of all the men who fall upon her. Until finally left with no real feelings in my soul, she meets Jack the Ripper, whose love proves greatest and most fatal of all. Interesting. Metallica have attempted to provide the accompanying river-deep musical meditations, subsuming their own musical identity in order to come up with what guitarist Kirk Hammett has called a new animal. Something like a large black dog, perhaps, that whimpers and snarls and bites and shits in places you really wish it hadn't, then does it again to spite you. That's a pretty good way to describe this record. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But is it, like, any good, you ask? Does it, in a word, rock? The answer there would be, well, yes and no. Traditional metal fans will be disappointed. For it is clear from the opening track, Brandenburg Gate uh, wafts in like a fog, Lou cutting straight to the chase. I would cut my legs and tits off when I think of Boris Karlov and Kinski. That this is not an album made for the average rock fan, or as Reed snarls in the view, I want to have you doubting every meaning you've amassed. The culminative weight of this album will certainly do that for you. Some may find the trance-like mood of much of the music morbidly disorientating, even repulsive. And it will be no good saying that this is intentional. The nausea of tracks like Little Dog, A Puny Body and a Tiny Dick, Little Dog Can Make You Sick, 
is so tangible, many will question why they are even listening to this. For others, though, not just Reed Diehard's used to his self-loathing, his bitter noir mots, his almost juvenile desire to say the unsayable, the underlying beauty of what these artists form from on paper, such disparate ends of the rock, rock spectrum are trying to convey, will be breathtaking. Hmm. I mean, there is a... Oh, should I just do all of this and then I can cut the bits that are not yeah. interesting? It's not about individual tracks, though there are immediately several standouts like the chilling pumping blood whose demented violin reminds one of Street Hassle era Reed before building over several pendulum-like minutes to a full-on Metallica-sized oral assault. It's about the overall piece, a conceptual work that has to be absorbed as a whole to even begin to traverse its sonic foothills at 90 minutes plus. This is not exactly an iPod-friendly trip. Unless, maybe, you happen to be horizontal by the time you get to final track Junior Dad. The final 12 of its skin-peeling 19 minutes overwhelmed by waves of drone that recall John Cale's viola, Nico's harmonium and Cliff Burton's beautiful bass washes and new orchestral harmonic effects on instrumentals like Orion. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Reed has built a career based on the hope that, as he says, the intelligence that once inhabited novels and films would ingest rock. But while his best work with and without the Velvet Underground has always benefited from that creative impulse, he has skated so close to self-parody so many times, his energy has often become dissipated, spread as thin and hollow as the mocking sneer that appears to hover over his work. This is where Metallica come in. A genuinely clubbable for real rock band as opposed to the expensively hired hands Reed has spent the last 40 years working with, what they bring to the party is pure, blissfully unironic fire, a fist of fury, to replace the limp wrist it makes for an absolutely shattering combination you have been warned hmm it's a that's fucking a good, great that's review. a good review yeah great yeah. review um i will say as well that thing about cliff burton is true but also um when i was listening to it yesterday for the first time i thought hmm, peter hook from new order like again all the kind of talk about the clatter of metallica hmm. there's a lot of references in there for things that you just normally wouldn't associate metallica with i've actually went on um to its uh the youtube channel the youtube page that i was talking about and i had a little look at some of the comments and they just are i am the table one says anthrax i am the law slayer i am the antichrist megadeth i am the king metallica i am the table hilarious um so there you go <laughs> we've put it where we put it um we said what we said it's done. That's where it's going. Right at least, at, at least we didn't bring up a coloured man's dick. Well, you just did it. <laughs> um, let's let's pull another album out of the hat for consideration next week. Um, here we go, Renfrey. So next week we are going to be doing oh, the Transformed Man by William Shatner. <gasps> oh, bless. That is amazing. That's How wonderful. great is that? So there you go. Lulu. I'm going to say it. Quite a good album. Yeah, it's all right. Very misunderstood. Quite good. Very misunderstood. Yeah. And um, judged very, very quickly without, uh, mm. uh, without people actually going into, delving into it a little bit more. I mean, it's long. Whew. There's a lot to delve into, but still. It's quite a lot to delve into. It's quite long. Obviously, it's not perfect, but, you know, that's what we think about it. Oh, so, it's, um, it's highly flawed. Uh, it ain't Ride the Lightning. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it's it's not even Reload, probably. No. But, you know, it's, I quite like it. Anyway, um, 
episode 17 is waiting for you over on whatever platform you choose to consume your podcast and as i said and you've just heard me say we're going to be talking about william shatner's the transformed man and i have mm. to say you are probably going to want to listen to that one because it's one of the best ones you are I in for a treat personally think <laughs> yeah. it's really really very good um <laughs> if you want to listen to more of renfrey and i chatting remember every friday riot act is out and we're reviewing all of the best music from the world of uh alternative i was gonna say alternative rock then but it's not even just alternative rock alternative music music yeah yeah uh and patreon.com forward slash right act podcast is where you can sign up for more exclusive content hope you do decide to do that but if you just want to hear us slag stuff off then um sorry to disappoint you this week and you might be a little bit disappointed with the next episode as well (laughs) (laughs) well kind of uh kind of kind of (laughs) but we'll see you over there for William Shatner